I welcome you to the greatest show on earth. Created to be a creator. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Created to Be Creative podcast, and I have a wonderful guest with me today. This guest right here does everything on stage, y'all. He eats <laughs> Cheetos on stage, bring a pillow, falls on stage, y'all. Let's talk about Fall. him falling on stage. <laughs> he does it all. This is Pastor Jason, probably one of the most phenomenal men I know. He is great. Oh, He's on. knowledgeable. He knows the kingdom. And Pastor Jason, introduce yourself. Let the people know who hey, you listen, are. Hey, listen. First of all, I'm uh, the thing I am right now is I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I feel kind of like a hot dog in a steak shop right now, you know, because <laughs> on a creative, be creative podcast. But, but uh, I, if you want to know who I am, I am God's favorite person on the planet. Most definitely. Here's why: uh, I am married to yeah. the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my entire life. Married to her for 26 years. Oh wow! Don't know why she said yes the first time. <laughs> Don't know why she says yes again and again, but somehow she does. Yeah. And then with her, we have we have made the two most incredible kids Definitely. on the planet. I mean, literally on the planet. I know you feel like your kids are great. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm just saying. <laughs> Nevertheless, we'll digress there. And then, of course, obviously, I have the greatest job on the face of the earth. I get to be the assistant pastor at Abundant Life Church in Locust Grove, Georgia, and uh, you get to be get to do the greatest job at the greatest church on the planet. So that's why I'm God's favorite. There's me in a nutshell. Sounds great. Yeah. So, Pastor Jason, you kind of, um, you well, you didn't kind of, but you did. You preached on a message at church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was about name. Yeah. Um, it was during the Great Ten Awakening. Make sure y'all come out. Yeah. It's a little plug. Come out. Um, <laughs> you did a message about names. But yeah. before we get into that topic, we're talking about the creative power of salvation. Yes, ma'am. And name. That's it. Yeah. And I feel like before you can know who you are, you have to be saved in Christ. You you have to because that that's who we were created to be. Yeah. The, now, the thing is, is that we, we were all the Bible says we were all born into sin. Mm-hmm. We were born with a sin nature. That's reason that the. That the 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 word that a child hears the most and probably learns the quickest is the word no. Yeah. Because we are all bent in the direction of doing what we're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We were we were born with a rebellious nature. That was what we inherited from yeah. our original parents, yeah. <laughs> Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They passed down to us a rebellious and a sinful nature. They passed down to us a nature that was sold into the slavery, the bondage of sin. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God that Jesus Christ came and liberated us yeah. from the slavery and the bondage of sin. But but here's the deal. In order to receive that liberating power, mm-hmm. I have to receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Most definitely. But the, and, and so Jesus said it like this, because Nicodemus, this, this great teacher mm-hmm. who knew everything about the Bible, yeah. by the way. He's like, <laughs> I, I reckon he was from the southeastern United States because he knew everything about the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, this great teacher, Nicodemus, comes to Jesus mm-hmm. and says, you know, what, what do I need to do? Yeah. And Jesus says, you have to be born again. Wow. And he says, how can a man enter again into his mother's womb? And he says, no, Nicodemus, you're thinking on a low level. Yeah. You're thinking on the most <laughs> base level. You're thinking on a biological level. Yeah. Which is what we almost always do. We think on a biological level. When the fact is, is that we are not biology that has a spirit. We are a spirit that has biology. Praise God. And so, so he says to Nicodemus, you have to be born of water, mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> like your mother, but then you have to be born of the Spirit. Wow. And so what Paul said is, this is what happens when you are born of the Spirit, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, yeah. he is a new creation. Old wow. things have passed away. Mm-hmm. Behold, all things have become new. We, I am a new creation. Yeah. That that sinful man that I was, dead, gone, buried. <laughs> Ain't coming goodbye, back. Goodbye, <laughs> good riddance. Yeah. You know, uh, let don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you, <laughs> exactly. old man. You know, I'm I'm, I'm done with him. Yeah. Uh, now, who I am is I, I am who Christ made me to be. Mm-hmm. I am born of the Spirit. I am, you you know, the the Bible doesn't use this term a, a bunch. We use it a bunch because yeah. we call it saved. Yeah. I am rescued, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but but the truth is, is what I really am is I am born again. 
I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Definitely. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about salvation. And, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you have not received Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as your Savior yeah. and as your Lord. Because mm-hmm. you got to have both. Got to have both. <laughs> A lot of times we, 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 you know, we get the whole let's, let's get out of hell free yeah. ticket yeah. from our Savior. Yeah. But the truth is, is I got to get my, this is how I'm going to live my life. Yeah, yeah I live right. And, and so, so to receive Christ as my Savior mm-hmm. and as my Lord is to be walking as a new creation. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. salvation in a nutshell. In a nutshell, that's good. So how do we obtain salvation? Because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I, I messed up and you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm not saved anymore. But yeah. How do we continue this journey yeah. of salvation and obtain it and keep it? Well, so so to obtain it, mm-hmm. it's First John one nine. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, yeah, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins mm-hmm. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First of all, first of all, I I have to realize this: I can't, yeah, I can't fix my sin problem. Most definitely. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah said like this: Though I wash myself with the strongest soap. <laughs> I can't make myself clean. And listen, you and I have been in this thing long enough yeah. that we have watched as people came in living a life just of pure hell saying, yep. you know what, I'm going to leave out of here. I'm going to clean up my act. I'm going to get this right, this right, this right, quit this, quit this, mm-hmm. quit this, quit this, quit this. Then I'm going to come back to God so I can present him something yeah. that he can work with. And you never when the Bible that. says that our righteousness, yeah. the best our righteousness is, is filthy rags. Wow. That's what it so is. the best I can bring to God is nasty failure. Exactly. So rather than me going out and making this attempt to fix it myself because I can't save myself. No. Nope. If, if I could save myself, then God was the cruelest yep. person to his son. Most definitely. Because he sent his son to die the most torturous death. Yeah. And to take all of sin on him mm-hmm. so that I could be set free. If I could do it myself, Jesus wasn't necessary. Exactly. But but if I confess my sins, if I come to God and say, listen, I've done wrong. Mm-hmm. I have been wrong. I have done wrong. Th- this is where I have failed in life. And here's the thing, God, I haven't just failed everybody else. Yeah. I failed you. Yeah. Because every sin that I committed, I committed against you. Everything, every low way that I lived, God, I lived below what you created me to be. Yeah. So I have to confess my sins. Mm-hmm. I have to come to God and say, all right, this is the rottenness that I bring to the table. This is the worst yeah. I bring to the table. Yeah. But, but Lord, I need you to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that when we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive our sins, and then he cleans us. He cleanses us from everything that is not right. That's how we obtain salvation. Mm -hmm. But that's the, so that's the Savior part. Yeah. (laughs) Now I've got to the Savior part. Uh Now I got to get to the Lord part. Yeah. So if I stop off at the Savior part, here's what I've done. It's like this. So, so. So I'm going to give some scripture in a minute because I know there's some folk out there that 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 are going to need some scripture. Definitely. But but the probably the best example I can think of mm-hmm. is, is this. I had a lady that called me up at the church one day. She said, "I've been coming to the church. I've been loving the church. It's it's incredible. I feel God when I'm there. The presence of God." She said, "You can even feel it when you drive on the parking lot." Which yeah. by the way, we pray for. Exactly. We we actually pray that you can feel it when you're driving on Highway 16 and 42. So if you've been going down 16 and 42, you get anywhere near Dean Patrick or Cannon Road, and you're like, I don't know why I feel like I feel. <laughs> Come on, church. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me tell you what the deal is. <laughs> it's abundant life, and we're yeah, praying for you to get. Turns that. out we've been praying that morning. As a matter of yeah. fact, if you can't sleep in on a Sunday morning, yeah. again, we're responsible for that yeah. as well. Um, but but um. <clears throat> when, when we get to this thing, we had, we had this lady that called me up and she said, I love the church. I feel the presence of the Lord. It's so incredible. But I ran into my old pastor the other day mm. and he asked me, you know, where I was going to church because I hadn't been there in some time. He asked me where I was going to church and, and he said, uh, and I told him and he said, well, that's a good church. Just be careful because they teach that you can lose your salvation. Wow. And she said, is that true? I said, kind of. Yeah. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Let me say this first of all. We believe in eternal security. Yes. We believe that when we are in Christ, nothing can take us out of his hand. Most definitely. However, mm-hmm. I can pull myself out of his hand. <laughs> yes, you can. I am a free will agent. Yes. That's the reason that I was a rotten, stinking sinner before. Exactly. Because I had a free will. Yeah. 
And and I and, and so I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. I had to come to the Lord. So the deal is, is that we believe in eternal security. We just don't believe that it is without condition. And so this is what I said to her. And I, I was sitting there going, Lord, you know, because I hit her with some scripture. You know, you know how, you, you, yeah. you know how we preachers are. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hit you with scripture. <laughs> there it is. There's your scripture. Uh, <laughs> and, but, but I could feel still, I, you know, I, obviously I've got the scripture, but I could still feel there was a struggle inside of her. And I was sitting at my desk, and, and on my desk, there's a picture of me and my wife. On a, we, our family went on a cruise. Mm-hmm. And so at one of our, our spots where the, the boat docked, you know, we got off, um, we took a picture with the, with the cruise ship over our shoulder. Uh-huh. And so, so all of a sudden, the Lord just, because I'm, I'm a story guy. <laughs> you, you are know? a story I mean, guy. I'm, I'm a story guy. Cheetos and stuff. Cheetos and pillows on a <laughs> yeah. stage and falling down and yeah. everything, yes. <clears throat> so um, I said to her, I'm staring at a picture of my wife and I on a cruise ship. First mm-hmm. thing that we had to do on this cruise ship, literally, first thing we get on the cruise ship, mm-hmm. they had everybody on the ship, mm-hmm. everybody. We all had to muster on these decks. Yeah. And what they did is they had a drill for if anybody went overboard. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so if somebody went overboard, this is where you come, this is what you do, this is where you are. The crew's here on this thing. Listen, y'all, we take this seriously. We ain't laughing. We ain't joking. You're going to have a great time on this cruise, but you ain't going to have a great time right now. Yeah. Right now, this is business. This, mm-hmm. is, this is what we do because this is what happens if somebody, if somebody leaves the confines of this ship. So I told her, I said, if it, let's say that, that I was being a knucklehead and that I leaned over the back of the, uh, of the ship to, uh-huh. to look at the propellers and, and all of a sudden I fall from the back of the ship and I and I now am in the confines and in, in the dangers mm-hmm. of of the open water. Mm-hmm. Everything then stops. Yeah. And they send out a crew to rescue me. Mm-hmm. So this crew comes out, <clears throat> they rescue me, they bring me back, they put me on a, a on the lifeboat, they get me back on the deck. There I stand dripping wet. I am on the deck. I am saved. Yeah. Wow. I was in peril before. Yeah. I am saved now. Wow. So here's the thing. Let's say that they said, man, what happened to you? And I said, let me show you where I fell before. And I leaned over the back of the boat again like a knucklehead. (laughs) And I fell from that boat again. (laughs) Now, here's the deal. Guess what I have to be? It has to happen to me again. You got to be re-saved. I have to be saved again. Yep. It does not negate the fact that I was saved before, Mm -mm. but I am in the peril because I have put myself in that peril. Exactly. That is the nature of what we refer to as backsliding. Yeah. When, when we are, when we are rescued out of the peril of our sinful life, we are brought to the safety of the good old gospel ship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then we decide we're going to lean back over the rail and we're going to put ourselves in peril again. Yeah. That first salvation, mm-hmm. if I had stayed within the confines of that salvation, wow. then, then I would have been secure all the time. Exactly. But when I threw myself self out of the confines of the salvation, yeah. I had to be rescued again. Yeah. That is the nature of what we would refer to as losing salvation. Now, for all of you who are out there saying, that's a great story preacher, do you have scripture for that? Yes, I have scripture for that. So I'm going to hit you with a little bit of scripture. I Today, in prayer, I said, Lord, it, it ain't how many scriptures I can bring because this podcast can only be so long. Yeah. Because I'm just telling you the Bible is stacked with scripture. It's stacked so, up. <laughs> so I'm going to hit you with just a little bit of it. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify themselves uh, for, the, for themselves the Son of God and put him in open shame. Wow. Isn't that something powerful? You can go yeah. on, read through verse 8. Let me jump back Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. For if we sin willfully... After we have received wow. 
the knowledge of the truth. There no longer remains, remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Keep on reading through verse 31. I won't, I won't hang in there, but you can look. Mm-hmm. So 2 Corinthians. So this is Paul, because this is everybody who quotes Paul. So yeah. Paul's the one who says you can't lose your salvation. Yeah. Let me help you here just a minute. 2 Corinthians. By the way, in the beginning of 2 Corinthians, uh-huh. this is the last chapter in, in 2 Corinthians. Uh-huh. In the first chapter, this is who he addresses the letter to, uh-huh. to the saints mm. who are in Corinth. Yeah. At the bottom of the chapter, uh-huh. he addresses them as his brethren. Mm. Okay. So just so you know, Paul is not talking to, you know, so, pimps and, yeah. and, 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 and strippers and everything else. He's talking, talking to the church. <laughs> Second Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Wow. Do not do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified. If I am disqualified, yeah. that means at one time <laughs> I was qualified. Let me keep moving on. First uh, Corinthians 10, 1 through 13. He, he I won't read all of those scriptures, but this is the this is the whole crux of the thing. Paul is saying. You have drank this spiritual drink, yeah. and then you rejected it. Wow. You rejected you reject, it. Willingly. Willfully rejected it. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, for, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I do not run with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air. Watch this. But I discipline my body and bring it in subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should have become disqualified. Wow. So Paul's saying, listen, I can be a gospel preacher mm-hmm. and still be disqualified if I do not discipline myself yeah. to walk in this way. Now, Everybody can say, oh, okay, well, well, maybe Paul wasn't so enlightened. <laughs> I mean, you got you to gotta hate about half the New Testament if exactly. Paul wasn't enlightened. But let's do this. Why don't we talk about Jesus? Yeah. Let's talk about Jesus. So this is what Jesus said. Luke chapter 9, verse 61, 62. And another said, Lord, I will also follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell who are in my house. Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow mm-hmm. and looking back mm-hmm. is fit for the kingdom of God. Revelation 2, this is Ooh. Jesus speaking. So this is at the end of the age. The this, is, this is the letter to seven churches. Yeah. Not seven bars, Mm-mm. not seven, you know, yeah. this, this whole, to the angel church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your work, your labor, your patience, and that you not, cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. Mm -hmm. You have persevered. Isn't that so powerful? You have persevered. So so he's saying, and and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Wow. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen. (laughs) Just like my little cruise ship analogy. Fallen. You have fallen. So anyway, you can look Revelation 2, 8 through 11. I'm not going to get into all of those things with y'all, but I want you, I want yeah. everybody to understand there is scriptural basis mm-hmm. and there is a practical basis. Yeah. I had a guy ask me one time, he said, I have a real problem with you Pentecostals wow. because, you know, you guys teach that a person can lose their salvation. And, and I said, uh, and, and he said, if it's a gift, how can you lose it? I said, I don't know. Have you ever lost a gift? Man, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, my wife's, so she'll kill me for saying this, but my wife's original wedding set, you know, our, yeah. our, our wedding rings, my wife's original wedding set, she lost her wedding set. Really? Yes, ma'am. Took it off. Wow. Took it off, to, I think, to clean some dishes or uh-huh. something like that at a place. Yeah. Forgot it. Came back for it. Gone. Gone. Wow. My, my wife lost her wedding set through negligence. Yeah. Man, we can lose our salvation through negligence. Literally. So if we get to this spot where we say, okay, Jesus, uh, you're my savior. Now let me go out and live every way that I lived before I met you. Yeah. Negligence. Yeah. So anyway, there's that. 
I don't know if you were asking for that much. No, that's what we need. But needed. that's what you got. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even fall one time nor eat any Cheetos. Yeah, you so, didn't um, even drink nothing. But, I was surprised. But I will take a sip of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this real quick question, and then we're going to hop into the next part. Okay. Um, In the Bible, he says that he's married to the backslider. He is. Oh, thank God that for that. That always got me, though. Oh, my goodness. And the 99. He leaves the 99 for the yeah. one. I, 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 I think about this because probably the... You know, we, we we very often we split the Bible up and we talk about the mean God in the Old Testament yeah. and then the really nice God that's in the New <laughs> Testament. Turns out he was the same God the same, entire time. Yeah. And the Old Testament, there are a couple of books in the Old Testament that give us a picture of grace. And I'm going to try to hold it together right now because I feel like I'm about to cry when I say this. There, there are a couple of of books that give us such a picture of grace. One of, them is, one of them is the book of Jonah. I don't have time to get yeah. into it right now, but that book screams grace to yeah. me. Another one is the book of Hosea, yeah. where God tells Hosea, listen, I need you to go, I need you to go find a prostitute, mm -hmm. but I, ne I don't need you to, to, to buy a prostitute. I need you to marry, marry this her. prostitute. That's a big one. And then, and then here she goes, she keeps leaving. Yeah. She keeps going back to her former life yeah. and he keeps going and buying her back. Yeah. He he just keeps he keeps loving her, yeah. and and that's what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, because Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah talks a lot about the backslider, mm -hmm. and then and then he says, God speaks, the Holy Spirit speaks through Jeremiah, and he says, I'm married to the backslider. Yeah, I know you ran off on me, but I never stopped being married to you. Yeah, I didn't take the ring off, I didn't move the pictures around. I left everything just like it was. Yeah. Every the porch light is on. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to come home. And when you come home, you walk, you don't walk in. You don't walk in as an adulterer. You don't yeah. walk in as any of these things. You walk back in as my bride. That's good. And and oh That's man, good. don't even get me started because I'm gonna sit here and cry. So That's good. Nobody wants to hear a brother cry. <laughs> <laughs> So let's hop into the part about name, right? Yeah. And getting the people saved or whatever. Yeah. Now it's time to go to the next part, your name. Yeah. And everything in life has a name. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Our name is our identity. Yeah. Now, now, not everybody's name. Again, we get into the biology yeah. of the thing and you're looking around because, you you know, you might look your name up and yeah. it might mean, you know, it might mean goat eater or something like that, you know. <laughs> Thank I, God my mama thought I about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> I remember one time I was dedicating this baby, and and so you know it was kind of like my practice to yeah. let me get what the the baby's name means, and and so this baby's name meant badger. And oh I was my like, gosh! All right, all right, well, I guess we're gonna lay that out. You yeah. know, here, here you go. Hey, little badger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What up, badger? Yeah. So, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I don't do that anymore. By yeah. the way, but uh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> I got to tell you, so there's some folk that just don't know. Yeah. But for me, it, it just turned out, it, it turned out perfectly um, that that my parents named me appropriately. And, I, and let me tell you the story, because everything comes with a story, just so you guys are aware. My name is Jason Michael, and I tell stories. Yes, Jesus. So... So I was a youth pastor in Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. and had a, had, a, had a fabulous youth group. Man, a, a youth group on fire, wow. revival youth group. Wow. I'm talking about every week, kids going after God, people being saved, wow. baptized in the Holy Ghost, being delivered, called into ministry. Wow. It was incredible. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness, incredible. And I thank God for it. What a privilege yeah. it was to do it. I, I, you know, I got to be a participating observer yeah. in what God was doing. So one Thursday morning, I'm in my office, and we had just had just an incredible move of God the night before. And so I'm there in prayer, and, 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 and I wasn't really just, you know, going after it. It was just, you know, just, Lord, you're so good, and thank you for what you did last night, yeah. praying over the, the names of the students, you know. I had the role there, and I'm praying over them and, and everything. And out of the blue, just, you know, the Lord's just like, Hey, what are you anointed to do? Wow. And so I am a knucklehead. So I presumed I already knew the answer yeah. to that. So I said to the Lord, I am anointed to preach. Because, I mean, that night before I had hit it hard. And yeah. like, look at me. I'm just telling you, boy, you can't even mess with me. So, <laughs> Lord, I'm anointed to preach. And so, so literally, right after that, the Holy Spirit says, so if you lost your voice, would you not be anointed anymore? 
Wow. Ooh. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. Okay. And so he says, well, what are you anointed to do? Yeah. So like a knucklehead, I answer the question again. God, I'm anointed the pastor. Wow. Okay, so if you did not have a congregation, wow. if you didn't have a flock, does that mean you're not anointed anymore? I, I'm, oh, yeah, okay, there is that. So all of a sudden I said, finally, on the third time, Lord, what am I anointed to do? And immediately the Lord brings before my face uh, that, you know, I, I'm not a an artist in the in the typical sense, not an yeah. artist like you and John T yeah. here. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an artist in the sense of I can see it. Yeah. I just can't make it, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not without help. You're a different kind of creator. Yeah, there. So the Lord brings to me this this little piece of art that hung on my wall for years. It was a, a thing that my grandmother had gotten me when I was wow. born. And it had my name on it. And it was a thing. Matter of fact, if, if you grew up in the decade of the 1970s, you probably had one of these too. <laughs> and uh, you guys don't know about the 70s nor the 80s. No, uh, no. Nobody in this room does. Thank God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I agree. Um, but anyway, y'all don't, y'all don't know anything about it. But, they, but there was this little plaque. And what mm. it is, it had my name on it. Mm. Then it had the meaning of my name. And then it had a verse that, that went with that meaning. And so this is what, what the plaque says, a little wooden plaque, and it had the, a yellow front, and it said, Jason, mm -hmm. one who heals. Wow. And then it had Isaiah 61, for the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Wow. And then it skips down to heal the brokenhearted. Wow. And, and the Lord flashed it up. Now, now I still owned that plaque. I still possessed that plaque, but I'd not had it out in years. I took it down probably when I was a teenager, but the Lord brought it back right. to my memory. And he said, your parents named you appropriately. You were put on this earth to heal. Wow. That's what you're anointed to do. Most definitely. That's what my name, my name is. Now, again, not everybody had the fortunate uh, <laughs> the fortunate piece of having Holy Ghost filled parents who yeah. said, "You know what? Let's name this kid, even though we may not know." Yeah, and and uh, and so, but that that was the deal for me. I went. I'm telling you, it was so profound. I went that day, rooted through my attic until I found that plaque. Really? I pulled it out and I hung it in my office and I kept it there wow. until I was ministering healing to another Jason <laughs> and began to speak that over him. Yeah, and I said, "This this plaque is written on my heart." I want you, I want it to be written on your wall, so I gave him the plaque. Wow! Sent it away with him. So so for us, it, it's not so much the creative power of our I, I guess of our name, yeah. what we would say our biological yeah. given name, the one that that mm -hmm. happened to hit the uh, the birth certificate. Mm -hmm. It is the name that God gave us. Exactly. It is the identity yeah. that God gave us. Yeah. And and I began to realize uh, all of a sudden as soon as is he is he. He asked me this question. Mm -hmm. It was not only for me to understand, hey, this is the realm that you walk in. Yeah. But it was it was an opening to begin to discover more and more about about anointing. And so what I did is I began to pour into Isaiah 61. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I began, began to look because Isaiah 61 is a is a prophetic picture mm -hmm. of the anointed one. Wow. The, the anointed one in in, in uh, uh, Hebrew mm -hmm. it's it's Messiah or Mashiach. Mm -hmm. In Greek it is Christos or Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, literally means Jesus the Anointed One. Yeah. So Isaiah sixty one is a is a prophetic picture of all of the anointing that was wrapped up in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But because I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. And Christ is in me. Mm -hmm. I have an identity. I have an anointing yeah. that is very specific. And I, I, this is what I felt. And you're welcome to argue with it if you want to. Uh, if you don't mind being wrong, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm uh, Go kind, kind of. Um, I, I feel like every base anointing mm -hmm. can be found in Isaiah 61. Most definitely. So you can you can run through there. So so in Isaiah sixty one you can see obviously the anointing to heal. Mm -hmm. Now I, I I went after that yeah. because the anointing to heal for me 
Yeah, so sometimes it has to do with biology. Sometimes it has to do with laying hands on somebody and, and their shoulder getting healed, their sickness being healed or whatever yeah. it is. But for me, the real healing is emotional, spiritual healing. Most definitely. That, that's that's the one, one for me. That, and, and, and that's the one that's the one that I walk in yeah. the most. That's the identity that I walk in the most. Here's the interesting thing. For me, that gave me a great understanding of why almost everybody who was around me was some, in some way emotionally and spiritually broken. Mm-hmm. Because I had an anointing that attracted that yeah. to me. So in, in the same way that nobody, hardly anybody goes to the doctor if you're not sick. Exactly. I, I, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, there may be some people who are clinically insane out there who do that. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, it's like I have to be, I have to be almost to the spot where you got to drag me, Most you know, my drag my near lifeless body into the doctor by, by the time the I man. get there. That's the only thing that's attracting me to a <laughs> yeah. doctor. But it's at, at that point, I'm like, okay. I have done everything I can to heal myself. Now I'm going to go to the person who is who who has this on them to heal. It's the same way when we have an, that type of anointing. Yeah, that's what's going to be drawn to us. Okay. So so broken people, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually broken people, tend to be drawn to me. And here's the thing: in, in my experience, mm-hmm. my life experience, I have walked had to walk through some emotional and spiritual brokenness myself. Yeah. And so what the Lord has done is because I, I happen to be a people who, or a person who is motivated by stories, by, by hearing stories and telling stories, yeah. what the Lord has done is he has given me firsthand stories yeah. that I can sit down with people and say, here's, how, here's what my emotional, spiritual brokenness looked like. Yeah. Does yours bear any similarity to this? <laughs> you know, I, I, I get this sense of where you are now. Here's yeah. the thing. So... Inside of uh, of that, I, I found inside of there, there is an anointing to build. Wow. It's found in Isaiah 61. Mm-hmm. There are some people that everything that they look at, yeah. they they can look at it and, and, and build something. They can see a, a different and a finished structure in their minds. There are people who can, who can physically look at a plot of ground, yeah. an empty plot of ground, and they can see everything that belongs on that plot of ground. I can see a building here, parking lot here, shrubs over here, this, this, this. And, and in their mind, they can pull it up like that. Yeah. I don't have that ability. Yeah. But here's the deal. I'm not anointed to do that. Most definitely. So, so then you understand, you know, that, and very often, matter of fact, let me give like a little caveat right here. Yeah, go ahead. Go because ahead. I feel like I need to, to help some folks. Mm-hmm. This because growing up in church mm-hmm. all my little life, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I've been in this thing all my little life, yeah. And uh, and so so having grown up in church all my little mm-hmm. life, I've watched at times that, that you'll have a pastor who is a builder. Yeah, he's a builder in in his spirit. So so he finishes one project, and mm-hmm. as he is finishing one project, he is thinking about the next project. Yeah. And there'll be people in his congregation who will get fatigued. Like, are we ever going to stop building? No. Well, you have a person who was anointed to build. Exactly. The person who God has placed over this house has an anointing to build. Yeah. So you will stop building when the Holy Ghost says, it's time to stop building. Exactly. And, and probably what will happen is you'll have a different pastor then. Yeah. So, so that's the way it is. But for those who, who have this anointing or, or, or other anointings, mm-hmm. There can be a frustration at times because I would be frustrated. Like, why are all the people around me broken? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they get squared away and they leave my life. Wow. It's the same way with the doctor. My doctor does not see me. Yeah. He does not see me unless I'm broken. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I don't go to my doctor hole. Yeah. I, I, There's we, no need. We don't have a relationship. <laughs> we, we ain't friends like that. Yeah. I don't just show up and say, hey, listen, let me drop $75. Let me waste four hours of my life so I can sit in this thing and tell you how good I'm doing. No, I'm walking into this place. I'm dropping my 75 bucks. I'm saying, give me a shot. Send me home. Put me to sleep exactly. so I can, I, can, I can wake up and feel well. Yeah. It's, it's that same way. There's a frustration because when people who don't share your anointing mm-hmm. are, are in proximity to it, there are times that they're going to question that. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and it happens to creatives all the time. It does. Oh, my goodness, it happens it to creatives all the yeah. time. Creatives, they're always thinking about something to create. And people are like, why, why yeah. can't you? Because this is the thing with creatives. Yeah. Creatives love to start things. Most definitely. That is true. Lord have mercy. Creatives yeah. love to start things. Oh, my goodness we gracious. Do. They love to start things. Yeah. Let me tell you something about creatives. They don't like to finish things. Yeah, we don't. Oh, my Lord. We're going it, to the next there is a There is a graveyard of near-finished prodigies. <laughs> Everywhere, <laughs> because yeah. there's a point they have lost their creativity for. Yeah. It. That's that you know. Of course, that's the point that's where you pull. Me right in, now. Yeah, you pull in people like me. <laughs> yeah. Who say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna see this thing through. Yeah. You know that <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna keep working. Yeah. We're gonna keep working. I don't care that you don't feel it. I don't exactly. care that you're tired. We're gonna see this thing yeah. through. So, but that there's a frustration inside of that. that yeah. So there's there's an anointing to build. Yeah. When when there are people who are builders mm-hmm. and people who are around you are not builders, they yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. And, and what you have to do is be able to articulate, hey, listen, this is who I'm about. Yeah. And you have to also understand, hey, is this a season for me to build another building? Yeah. Or is this a season for me to build a better leadership team? Wow, that's good. Because what will happen is we'll, we'll also jump into the thing we know. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm, out of, I'm out of projects to do. Let's pour another slab. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's like, you know, let, let's take out another mortgage. Let's pour another slab. Let's yeah. get another, you know, wh- whatever it is. Let's get into another project. Mm-hmm. Maybe the project is I need to be building people emotionally, building yeah. people spiritually, building people relationally, what, what, whatever it may be. Yeah. So there's an anointing to build. There, there is an anointing. You guys are going to love this one. Okay. Y'all going y'all gonna to love this one. I was going to save this until last, but I'm going to say it now. Yeah. <laughs> there is an anointing to dream. Yeah. Wow. There is an anointing. Well, let me jump back. So, mm-hmm. so real quick. So, so in scripture, because you're like, okay, you know, Jason, Michael, <laughs> do do you have do you have biblical examples yeah. for this? Because maybe you're just up there teaching heresy. Um, <laughs> of course, I have biblical examples for it. An, an anointing to heal. Yeah. Um, Simon Peter had an anointing to heal. Mm-hmm. Jesus' disciple had an anointing to heal. Yeah. First things first, he healed the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. But his anointing to heal was so powerful that when Simon would walk down the road, he walked down the road with such healing power that people would figure out where the sun was and they would put their sick people on the opposite side of the road so that his shadow Mm -hmm. could pass over the top of people. Mm -hmm. He was so anointed to heal that his shadow was healing folk. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was on that level. (laughs) So, so, and there's more people in there, uh, uh, an anointing to build. Yeah. Solomon. Yeah. Was anointed to build. Yeah. Solomon never was without a building project. Most definitely. He was building gardens. He mm-hmm. was building he was building his own palace. He was yeah. building the temple. He was building a palace for his Egyptian wife. He was building he, he was just constantly building. Every yeah. everywhere you turn, uh, he was building. There is an anointing to dream. Mm-hmm. Both Josephs in the Bible had an anointing to dream. Mm. So Jacob's son, Joseph, mm-hmm. Israel's son, Joseph, mm-hmm. he had an anointing to dream. Yeah. Every time he turned around, a dream mm-hmm. was what was propelling him. Yeah. Either his own or somebody else's. That is true. Jesus' father, Joseph, mm-hmm. had an anointing to dream. He was going to put Mary away quietly. He has a dream. <laughs> yeah. There's an angel in dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. Next yeah. day, he goes out and marries her. Yeah. Has an anointing to dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herod wants to kill your kid, escape to Egypt. The next morning he gets up, he runs off to Egypt yeah. with his, with his family. Wow. So he had an anointing to dream. There, there are people mm-hmm. who have an anointing to dream. Yeah. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Because yeah. there are people who struggle all the time thinking, I, I don't know why ever, I, I'm, I'm always dreaming about something. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Yeah. Now, I know I don't have the anointing to dream. I ha- I dream every night, but if if you woke me up and I'm like an active dreamer, I'm I, I'm making decisions. You know, I'm I'm in charge of folk. <laughs> of course, you know, of, of course, course, right? Storyteller. You know, it's like everybody come this way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so he's a storyteller. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I have this I have this anointing. Or I don't have this anointing to dream because here's the deal: if you if you woke me up in the middle of an active dream and I'm moving around and and you wake me up. And you say, hey, what were you just dreaming about? I, I can't tell you. Wow. I dreamed all night last night. I can't tell you what I dreamed about. I can't tell you a bit of what I dreamed about. I remember in my whole life, I remember three dreams. I have them written down because they were that significant. Yeah. 
but there are people who are anointed to dream. And it's mm-hmm. not just falling asleep dreaming, it's dreaming. You yeah. know, the, the, the Bible says that one of the parts of, of the Spirit of God being poured out upon all flesh yeah. is, that, is that aged people would dream again. Wow. Man, don't we need that in society we do. now? We do. Because there's a point where folks, folks get to a certain age of certain status and they quit dreaming. Yeah. Oh man, that are that are old would dream again. Yeah. Oh man, we listen. Young folks, young folks need. They, yeah. They need old folks to be dreaming again. Yeah. And, and and when I say old folks, I mean I'm not being disparaging. I'm just saying, if you got a little age on you, don't quit dreaming. So so there's that. But there's yeah. an anointing to dream. Yeah. Here, here's another thing. There there is an anointing mm-hmm. to give life. Yeah. Wow. Let me tell y'all something. My wife carries that anointing. Jesus' mother mm-hmm. carried that anointing. She did. She had an anointing to bring life she did. into this world. Yeah. So she not only gives life to the anointed one, to yeah. the Messiah, but Jesus looks at her at the wedding of Canaan and says, it's not my time yet. Yeah. She pays no attention, like every good uh-huh. mama. She pays no attention. She says, do whatever he says, and then she moves on. Yeah. She gave birth to his miraculous ministry. Yeah. Wow. So, so there are people who are anointed yeah. to give birth. Yeah. I, I've seen it over the course of my life. I, I wish I could flesh all these out. I'm just giving you an overview. Yeah. There are people who are anointed mm-hmm. to liberate people. Wow. Our pastor, Jeremiah yeah, Hosford. Definitely. He has that. That, that brother walks around <laughs> with a set of keys. I mean, he just sets folk free. Yeah. He said, whether you whether you're bound up in addiction, yeah. or whether you are saved, yeah. And he just sets your mind free to yeah. to, to understand new dimensions, yeah. uh, understand greater glory, yeah. it, whatever it is. That that man of God has the anointing to liberate. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, in scripture, mm-hmm. in scripture, Moses, he had that anointing to liberate. He did. Moses knew it from early on. Yeah. He even tried it in his own strength. Yeah. You know what? I'm so anointed to liberate. I'll just lead an insurrection. <laughs> let me let me first let me kill the first Egyptian. Yeah. You guys start killing the rest of them. Just kill everybody. Just, just wipe them out. You know, this is what we're gonna do. And, and so he had an anoint, anointing to liberate. Yeah. Moses never had to raise a weapon. No. And he set millions of people free. Wow. All he had to do was just to raise the word of the Lord. Yeah. This is what God's doing. So there's an anointing to liberate. Yeah. Here, here's another one that, that this, uh, this one folk won't have a problem with. There is an anointing to make war. Mm. That is true. There is a bloodshed anointing. Yeah. There is an anointing to strike things down. Mm. King David had that anointing. Yeah. That's the reason he wasn't permitted to build them. Understand this. The Bible says God gave David the plans for the temple. Mm-hmm. And all of the materials that he needed for the temple. Yeah. So he hands the materials list and the plans off to Solomon. Yeah. But God said, you can't build this. Your job is not to build. Your, your job is to kill. Wow. So this is not a military project. This is a building project. I'm going to, I'm going to, there's a son that's going to come from you that will be anointed to build. Mm-hmm. I'll let him walk in this anointing. You just keep killing things. God was thinking about him even then. How incredible. <laughs> I mean, just when you begin to think about that, because yeah. he told David, he said, he said, you, you will not build this temple, your son who comes after you. And then David explains later, because I'm sure he was like, God, come on, why not? Yeah. You know, because it wasn't that David didn't build things. David built his own, his own palace. He yeah. had built up the city of Jerusalem. Yeah. The deal was David, David was put on this earth to make war. Yeah. Think about it like this. This kid is a stinking 13, 14-year-old kid who tears apart a lion and a bear with his bare hands. Exactly. Then he rolls out with a sling and, <laughs> and, and a rock, and he yeah. knocks down a nine-foot-plus giant. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about it was he wasn't just able to make war physically, but spiritually, too. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Because the, the thing is, David... You know, because you start thinking about this, that you know, because David was a poet, yeah, and you don't think about uh, about poets uh, being warriors, yeah. but they are. They are. <laughs> and uh, y'all don't get me started on poetry. You know, every guy gets one girl thing, you know, <laughs> and so poetry happens to be mine. Yeah, every, so let me explain this to y'all because I just sense some confusion in this whole thing. 
So every man, when he is born, he gets a man card. <laughs> and uh, you don't, you, you just, you can't see it, but he gets a man card. So there are things that are inherently female. Every man gets one inherently female thing. Let me give you an example. If you get pedicures, that is a female thing. It you is. get those. We will not mess with your man card if you get those. <laughs> However, if you get pedicures and manicures, I just need you to know that your man card is in danger of revocation. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just so happens my one girl thing is I, I love poetry. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll give you all, all a second to laugh. Right, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> look at this boy. Nevertheless, that's my one thing. That is my only one thing. If you look at my toes right now, you know that I don't mess around with pedicures. Yeah. So that's my... We anyway. see the hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so so David David is is this beautiful poem writer. It, 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 Psalm 139 is this beautiful example. Yeah. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when wow. I sit down, you know, when I rise up. He's yeah. going through this whole thing. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by yeah. you. You knit me together curiously in my mother's womb. Oh, it's so beautiful. Then he gets to the last part. He goes... Don't I hate those who hate you? <laughs> yes. I hate them with a furious hatred. Yeah. Like, wow, David, what what happened? Is that? I mean, you were really going along good, and yeah. now you got to this spot. You know, you, David, David gets to this thing. Uh, 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 you know, God crushed their back teeth in their mouths. You know, it's <laughs> just like this crazy stuff. Yeah. You know. And but but David for David worship was warfare. This yeah. is the reason Paul is tormented by an evil spirit. Yeah, David is sent to play his guitar. Yeah, uh, and 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 when he plays the guitar, yeah. all of a sudden the evil spirits have to go. Mm -hmm. David, as a matter of fact, is such a warrior that the rejects of society, <laughs> Saul can't find him. Yeah, but the rejects of society manage to find him, and David accumulates an army of six hundred people. <laughs> Yeah. 600 of the most powerful warriors on the face of the earth, including 30 people yeah. whose exploits were so great. Let's take a couple chapters in the Bible and let's talk about their exploits. Yeah. That's the level of making war that this guy had. Yeah. He had, he had crazy folk, <laughs> he crazy folk. One, one was walking around on a snowy day and he looks down in a pit and there's a lion. He's like, I think I want to kill him. Jumps down in the pit with the lion and wipes him out. Like what in the world? What in the world? <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know how to describe yeah. that. You know, you got two guys defending a yeah. one acre patch of peas, <laughs> and yeah. they kill three hundred guys standing back to back. Yeah, I mean they're, ju they're just on this level. Anyway, we could get into that. There is an anointing to make war. Yeah, it, it, here's the thing: there there are times that war needs to be made. There is time. There are times that blood needs to be shed. Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about when you're walking in your identity. There, there, there are more of them, but, yeah. but you guys get the understanding yeah. that there, there are things that you are put on this earth to do. So, so this is the thing for me, that when it comes time to build, mm -hmm. I jump into a backseat support role. Yeah. But when it is time to heal, you're right there. let's push Jason to the front. Yeah. So, so, and, and that's one of the things that, that, that our pastor, he is masterful at doing, yeah. is recognizing this person mm -hmm. has a grace on them yeah. because that anointing can better be described. If you take the Greek word for it, mm -hmm. it's best, it's best described as a grace gift. Wow. And as a matter of fact, when Paul is describing the fivefold ministry mm -hmm. in, in Ephesians, mm -hmm. apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, mm -hmm. he calls each one of those a grace gift. Yeah. So it's, it's best to be described as a grace gift. Mm -hmm. So our pastor recognizes when somebody has a grace gift on them for mm -hmm. a thing. And what he will do is he'll say, okay, it's not that he's not a strong leader. Yeah. He knows, he knows where his wheelhouse is. He knows what he's anointed to do. Mm -hmm. And he can stir up something if he needs to. <laughs> yeah. But why don't I just do this? Why don't I find the person who has a grace gift for it? And I say, okay, I'm going to put you here. We're all following you on this one. Most definitely. How powerful is that? Yeah. How how great would that be yeah. for us to not be jealous of each other, but uh, to yes. celebrate each other's gifts? Yeah. You know, what? A, oh, what a wonderful thing that is. Yeah. What, I, I think that's one of the, I, I guess one of the graces that the Lord has given me is when I see somebody walking in their gift, I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is so great. Yeah. And when I don't see them walking in their gift, 
I want to do my best to pull that out of them. Yeah. And, and my son said one day, so I, I, I made this list. I was doing a leadership thing uh, for, uh, for a church one time. And so uh, part of what we were talking about is, hey, walk in your identity. Walk mm-hmm. in your, you know, walk in, in what you were created to be, who you were created yeah. to be. Don't fight that. Yeah. Walk in that grace gift. And so I listed out 10 things that mm-hmm. I knew I was good at. Mm-hmm. And then I ran that through every member of my family. And I ran that through about three or four members of our staff. Yeah. I said, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if, I, if, if there's something I need to add. Tell me if there's something I need to take out. Yeah. So they all said the same thing with the exception of my son. Now, this is one of those parts where my allergies might get the best of me here too. So he said, I'm not sure if you can include this in one of the things. I think you can. He said, but I think you need to explain how you have the ability to see what's down deep inside of somebody and draw that out of them. Yeah. And, and cause I was like, I ain't crying. You're crying, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I think about this. So, so one of the great creatives mm-hmm. in all of history is a guy named Michelangelo. Yeah. And Michelangelo, one of his, one of his great works was he carved out of marble, mm-hmm. the David statue, yeah. the great David statue. And it is reported, yeah. it is said that when somebody was talking about Michelangelo, they were saying to Michelangelo, how, how was it that you, that you were able to carve yeah. this David uh, out, of this, out of this marble? And he said, I looked at this piece of marble and I saw David inside. I just had to set him free. Wow. And, and wow, isn't that what we were all put on this earth to do? Exactly. To walk around to the Jayla Whites and the John Tavius Davises of this world and yeah. to say, I see the greatness on the inside of you. Yeah. I'm just here to set it free. Yeah. And and that's part of what we put on earth too. Yeah. I know that's a whole lot of talking, but listen, you knew what you were getting when you got it. I already knew. So, I already so, knew. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. So you got it from here. And I'm going to take a drink of coffee while you Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) So, y'all, that was Pastor Jason. And that was wonderful. You know, um, I really, really enjoyed that. I feel like it's going to set a lot of people free. I just want you to offer salvation to people. Yeah. Lead them into salvation prayer. Yeah. And uh, for those who have different kind of names, you know, we have a lot of different, you know, we got some (laughs) names out there. You are not what you are. We're called biblically, yeah. biologically, but what God calls you. Yeah, because I, I think that what we have to do before we jump to the salvation thing is mm-hmm. let's deal with misidentification. Most definitely. That's what that's super important. So so we have this biblical example of that. Mm-hmm. So we, we we have this story. I'll go through it super quick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you find it in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. There's this guy and this lady named, uh, uh, the guy's name is Isaac. He is the son of Abraham, yeah. and he has this wife named Rebecca. Yeah. And so Rebecca um, is really, really struggling to get pregnant, which, you know, was a pretty big deal back in those days, big deal in these days, but but a bigger deal in those days. And so she's struggling to get pregnant. Isaac prays to the Lord Mm -hmm. and Rebecca becomes pregnant. Yeah. But Rebecca starts to have a really, really rough pregnancy. Mm -hmm. She's having such a rough pregnancy that she, because they don't have ultrasound and all the rest, she goes to the Lord and says, what is the deal? (laughs) With this pregnancy. And the Lord says, here's the deal. There are two nations inside of you. Wow. They will be at war their whole lives. They're at war right now. Yeah. And this is what he says. He gives her a prophetic word. The older one will come out, and I know that it's supposed to be that the older one is going to be the one with the birthright, the blessing, all these other things. Mm -hmm. But the older one's actually going to serve the younger one. Wow. So in the midst of their fighting, I think it's so funny. They come out very, very differently. Yeah, and and they grow up very differently. They're not <laughs> identical twins; they're fraternal twins. Yeah, and and but as as Esau, the mm-hmm. oldest, is being born, he comes out looking some kind of way. <laughs> but as he comes out, Jacob, who is the second born, has his hand on Esau's heel. Yeah, like he's grabbing his ankle. Like, listen, bro, I'm pulling you back <laughs> in here. You know, you ain't getting away from me. And so, so. What happens is there's there's a name yeah. that that is called heel catcher or whatever it is yeah. in Hebrew and and so the if if you're gonna say it right in Hebrew it'd be something like Yahov. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but we call it Jacob. Yeah. But here's the other thing. There is there are many more identities assigned to that, and one of them is liar. Yeah. And Jacob spends his whole life living down to that name. Because right out of the gate, he is misidentified. Yeah. So Jacob's at a place. Now he has accumulated all kinds of, uh, all kinds of things. He's accumulated wealth, mm-hmm. defying the odds, accumulated family, mm-hmm. accumulated wealth, accumulated all these things. And his brother Esau, who he has conned and, and, and snookered every way that you can, yeah. the Bible says Esau is coming and he has 400 men with him. And Jacob's like, now it's time. The Lord has let me accumulate all of this stuff yeah. only to watch it die under my hands. And so the Bible says that Jacob puts everything, uh, takes all of his family, he, he crosses this, this brook, and then he comes back mm-hmm. in this place called Peniel. He, he renames it Peniel. And the Bible says there he wrestled with a man until the break of day. Wow. Now, we know that it's in that what we refer to as a Christophany. It is a Old Testament appearance of, of Jesus. I don't have time to get into why that yeah. is. It's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Take my word for it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, look at or look it up for yourself. Study it for yourself. And and what's very interesting is 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 Jesus is wrestling with him, and he says, "Let me go." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Absolutely not. Not until you bless me. Yeah. Not until I get what I need." Yeah. And and so when he says, "I need a blessing from you," and immediately yeah. the response of Jesus is, "What is your name?" Wow. And and all of a sudden, Jacob looks at him and says, "Okay." Okay, fine, <laughs> yeah. fine. You need to know, my name is Liar. Wow. Is that what you needed? <laughs> you just needed to know that I was a liar? Yeah. So he confesses his fault before Jesus. Mm. And Jesus says, not anymore. Yeah. You're not going to be known by that anymore. Yeah. They misidentified you. Yeah. They called you one thing and you lived down to that yeah. your whole life. Yeah. They, they, whatever it may be, you know, and, and we deal with that all the time, Jayla, that, 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 that somebody, you're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be just like your mother. You're going to grow up just like your cousin. You're going to grow up just like this person. You're going to do just like that. You're going to be just like everybody from your neighborhood. You're going to be just like everybody from your little old town. You're going to be just like what, whatever it may be. Yeah. And, and what we want to do is we want to pick ourselves up and move us from one place to the other. But the truth was that Jacob moved everywhere. And his identity followed him everywhere. His misidentity followed him everywhere because yeah. he lived down to it, which is what we all do. We live down to our misidentification. Yeah. But God looks at him and says, no, 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 no. They, they misnamed you. Mm-hmm. They mislabeled you at the beginning, sir. Yeah. You're not a liar. Who you are is a prince. Yeah. You are a prince with God. You have fought with God and you have prevailed. Now, how many people can say that? <laughs> yeah. I fought God and I won. Yeah. But Jacob, Jacob was able to say it. Yeah. The thing was is that he came face to face. He confessed. Yeah. This is, this is who I have allowed myself to be. Yeah. And Christ said, not anymore. I'm changing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call out of you what I put into you when yeah. you were born. When I was curiously making you in your mother's womb, I didn't weave failure. I didn't weave sin into that. Yeah. I, I wove in an identity. I wove in destiny. I wove in purpose. Mm-hmm. And so now you're going to walk in that. Most definitely. And so, so this is what, what happens. Now, what's very interesting is Jacob mm-hmm. spends the rest of his life. Yeah. You can see it. He'll, he'll have his moments where he's called Israel mm-hmm. and have his moments when he's called Jacob. Mm-hmm. But in the end, on his tombstone, it doesn't say, here lies Jacob. Yeah. Here lies Israel. Wow. It's not the nation of Jacob. It's yeah. the nation of Israel. They're yeah. not the children of Jacob. They're the children of Israel. Israel. Wow. Praise God. Because in the end, mm-hmm. he walked his destiny out. Yeah. In the end, God, God made it. No, 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 no. He doesn't die with that identity. Yeah. He doesn't die with that. Yeah. He dies with the identity that I put on him because he's never dead. Yeah. He keeps on living. Yeah. And so, so this is what salvation is all about. This is what your misidentification is all about. You have lived down to this low, low, low thing. You have lived down to what you presume that, that, that life is just had to hand you this. These were the cards I was dealt. Absolutely not. Throw that deck away. Yeah. That, that, I don't care if they dealt you the cards, throw that deck away because here's the thing. You were born 
for purpose, mm-hmm. and you were born on purpose. Mm-hmm. You were born for the kingdom for such a time as this. Yeah. And so here's how you walk in that identity. It, you, you, we, we said it before, you can't clean yourself up. No. I can't clean you up. I couldn't clean myself up. I can't save you. I couldn't save me. But here's what you do. You come to God and you say, God, I am a rotten sinner. Mm-hmm. I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned against you. So God, I need you. I need you to save me. I need you to wash me. I need you to make me clean. I need you to make me a new creation. And this is what, what he says. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. We, we got that already. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Praise God. We're going to believe for that today. So, so let me pray with you today. Matter of fact, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Jayla, you're going to help me out in here. <laughs> you, you repeat this prayer with me and you pray it from your heart. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, mm-hmm. that you'll be saved. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to pray. You pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I come before you. I come before you. A sinner. A sinner. Every sin that I have committed. Every sin that I have committed. I have committed against you. I have committed against you. And I am sorry for and it. I am sorry for it. Jesus. Jesus. I believe that you died for I me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again on the third and day. And I believe you rose again on the third day. To wash me. To wash me. And to make me clean. And to make me clean. So make me a new creation. So make me a new creation. Make me born again. Make me born again. Wash my sins away. Wash my sins away. I thank you for this, Jesus. I thank you for this, I Jesus. thank you that you have made me. I thank you that you have made me. A child of God. A child of God. Thank you, Lord. And just like that, the Boom. Bible says that your sins are now uncommitted mm-hmm. in God's eyes. The Bible says that your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. There's a North Pole and a South Pole, not an East Pole and a West Pole. <laughs> They're removed. The Bible says that he has, he has buried your sin mm-hmm. in the bottom of the sea. Nobody can get to it. Yeah. That's what Christ has done for you. It's what he did for me. That's what he's done for you. And I bless you to walk as a new creation. Matter of fact, I want to help you. Because the thing is, we got to walk this thing out. Yeah. And Jayla, you helped us out oh, yeah. with, your little, with your little creative mind. <laughs> it ain't no little creative <laughs> mind. It's a big creative <laughs> mind. But... But we created these videos yeah. under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Most we call definitely. them New Creation mm-hmm. Devotions. Yeah. Every day for f- about five minutes mm-hmm. a day, we send you a video for 10 days Wow. to, to walk through this mm-hmm. whole thing. You helped us film these yeah. and helped us produce them and put them together and edit them for us mm-hmm. and everything. And so here's what I want you to do. Text one word, one word, no spaces, New Creation, N-E-W-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N, New creation to the number 97,000. We ain't going to sell you anything, none of that. But you do that every day for 10 days. I'm going to show up in your inbox. Unfortunately, you got to look at me. But every day for 10 days, I'm going to show up in your inbox, and I'm going to teach you about walking as a new creation in Christ. So do that for me. Text new creation to 97,000. Most definitely. And y'all can also see him at the Great Ten Awakening. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Yeah, the Fall Awakening, October 3rd through 10th. Y'all, I... It is indescribable. April, we lifted a tent yeah, because we felt the Holy Ghost tell us, you, you lift this tent, I'm going to meet you there. Yeah, And it was just it like was. when they lifted the tent in the wilderness, <laughs> all was. of a sudden, the glory of God begins to yeah. settle on this place. We saw miracle after miracle. I'm talking about legitimate miracles. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about deaf ears being open, people yeah. with diseases, having those diseases healed, people who were scheduled for surgeries yeah. that had their surgeries canceled because the doctor said, I don't know what happened to you, but everything is brand new inside yeah. of you. We, were, we, were, we, we saw people being set free from addiction, people being set free from sinful lifestyles, yeah. people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We, we baptized <laughs> about 200 people, y'all. Yeah. I mean, it, we, it was on this crazy level in a tent the, in a tent <laughs> the glory of god just ministering yeah. and manifesting in there so april so podcast listeners here's what i want you to do schedule this october 3rd through the 10th put it on your calendar october 3rd through the 10th 751 dean patrick road locust grove georgia come on out and, and here's the thing I, I i'd love for you to commit to the whole week but here's what i want to ask you to do commit to one service that's it Commit to the first service. Because you're going to be stuck. Commit to that Sunday night. And, and here's the thing. If, if it does not, 
if it does not live up to it, because you don't have to, I, I don't have to live up to it. You're yeah. not coming to see me. I, Lord have mercy. I hope you're not coming to see me. I got a <laughs> face for radio. Yeah. Uh, it, you're not coming to see me. You're coming to encounter the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. You're coming to encounter the glory of God being revealed in this earth. Most definitely. And so I want to invite you to come out. I, you don't have to clean up. You don't have to do any of this. Listen, we're in a tent, y'all. Yeah. Come on out. Let the, let the power of God manifest in your life. Yeah. Whatever you do, get to the tent for the fall awakening. We're bringing the tent back. Most definitely, most definitely. Pastor Jason, we thank you for coming. Hey, listen, what an honor it is for me. I, you told me earlier that I got the bump up, so yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, like number three or four in yeah. the podcast. And so so I, I got upgraded to business class. I don't know if y'all know that, but it's really nice. You know, they, uh, they get you coffee and everything. No. <laughs> but it's so great to be with you. Most I mean, definitely. first of all, you know, you know how much I love you. Oh, yeah. We on that level. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that. And, and what an honor it is. Yeah to uh, be trusted with your listeners. Definitely. And so I appreciate that. Definitely, definitely. Y'all, thank y'all for coming out. Y'all can see Pastor Jason at Abundant Life. But where can they find you on social media? Because you be on Twitter. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not on Twitter much anymore. Cause, uh, but I get on um, uh, I get uh, on Instagram. It's uh, Jason underscore M underscore Branson. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook, it's at Jason M. Branson. Yeah. And just get on there. And, and usually what I put out is either great, pictures of my beautiful wife or i'll throw out some fire scripture or something like that but come check it out most definitely we're gonna have you on this podcast again now hey i'll be on be ready now yes ma'am i'm ready i'm ready to go (laughs) thank you guys for listening keep creating all right i'm praying up to the maker Gotta go tell your neighbors. I welcome you to the greatest show on earth. Created to be a creator. I'm praying up to the maker. You gotta go tell your neighbors. I welcome you to the greatest show on earth. Created to be a creator. Tell me what you do.